But, uh, you know, I think we're going to talk about access to freedom. And uh, I know there are some perfect people in here. To be free, you have to be perfect. And so I want you to uh, raise your hand if you're perfect. Boy, look at that arrogance. Look at the arrogance there. Pete, way back there, he, you couldn't see it, but there he is. Okay. Well, then, if, how many have wives or husbands that are perfect? Yeah, just ask them, and they will tell you that they're perfect. That's true. And I think that that's an important part of our, our understanding of theology and of the, of the Bible, is to understand who we are. Of course, if I ask you, how many of you are brothers, and this for the men of Christ, you would raise your hand, wouldn't you? How many are sisters of Christ? How many are children in God's family? See, yeah. And are you going to see God if you're not perfect? You think so? What if you're in a show and there's a nudity picture there and they're doing things that you ought not to do outside of marriage, I guess, and Jesus comes? Are you perfect? Mm. I ask this of some old people who couldn't even maybe have sex anymore or whatever. I never sinned for 30 years as far as they were concerned. And I ask a number of those questions like that. And then I ask them, how many of you would go to heaven? They didn't know. They wouldn't raise. And then one older lady, I'm old now, I'm 74, but she probably was as old as I am, really old. And, and she put her hand up like this, you know, and it was shaking a little bit. And all the other older people were looking, you know. And I had mentioned that if Pastor Dan had been working for me, and he was putting a nail in something, and he hit his thumb, and he made a curse word, and Jesus came. I mentioned a few of those. Well, they could, they didn't know. They'd only been saved 40, 50, 60 years. How did I know? You know? And, but this one lady says, well, I think we're going to heaven. This assembly of God think we're going to heaven, maybe. Well, you sure are. You must be perfect. I will introduce you to a perfect man here, and if we put a skirt on, it'd be a perfect woman. But this is a perfect man. But he was made in the image of God, but he's not perfect as far as what God sees. Now, if we took a picture of Cliff Bursch and his hands, it's neat, the cross is this way, isn't it? You took a picture of Cliff Bursch and this picture showed his history, thoughts, mind, past, all that which is in him. You took that picture of him, you would say for sure he is not perfect. He is not perfect. But on the cross... Jesus came, and he covered Cliff Bursch completely from fingertip to fingertip to toes to toes, every part. 
And he said this, Because I accepted him by faith as my propitiation for my guilt, he said this, You are mine, and I am yours, and you are in me. And because you are in me, when I died for your sins, you died. You died. And when God said, I'm not going to let my Holy One face corruption or deteriorate into dust, I will raise him. And the Spirit of God came and raised him. And he became the new life, the firstborn. And they said there'd be many born after him. And it would be you who died with him. And by faith you were raised with him and you were alive. We're talking about access to freedom. If you don't really understand the word of God, you will never be free. You will always judge yourself according to what you do, what you think, what you are, are experiencing. What your life is like. You will judge yourself like that and you will never... We sang all kinds of songs and I was just wondering how many people walked through that door and realized that they were perfect? Probably not very many. They were singing songs about perfection. They were saying, God, you are good, you are good. Well, guess what? Goodness comes from God. Jesus says, don't call anybody good. Don't call me good. He says... Because I am just a receptacle, a, a, a vessel of God's goodness. And I'm expressing that. And he says, I'm giving it to you through me. And then you, therefore, will express the image of God's goodness. And God is good, but he's transferred that down to people that he's know, he knows as and describes as sons and daughters. Perfect people. Named saints. And you look at yourself, how much, how much did Jesus cover of Cliff Burge? How many experiences did he cover of Cliff Burge? How much did he cover? If you say, I'm not enough, and you're at the table of cards, and Jesus put down the card and says, I win the table. And you say, no, 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 you didn't. You didn't win it. I'm not I thought about something bad. I thought about, about something. I said something bad. I'm experiencing something bad. You didn't win it. I need this card. I've got to put this holiness card down to my holiness. And now, God, you can take me right now before I have another experience or another thought. You know. No. Don't call God a liar. He's not a liar. He said, I've done the work. It is completed. It's completed. Now, how do we follow God? Now, this is a perfect man, but without him, I'll tell you what he is. Let's go to Galatians 5. And you all know this, but we might as well go to Galatians 5 and read that. And we will see who you really are. By the way, if you don't think you're like this, you need to understand the flesh. It says, when you follow the desire, excuse me, 19, 
When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. This man here right now was made in the image of God for God's pleasure, but his self-interest, self-willed, which Adam and Eve had. Did God say? Did he really say? And they chose. They chose for self. His self experiences. The results are very clear. Sexual immorality. For whom? For the other person? For you? No, of course. Impurity. For whom? Lustful pleasures. For whom? For you. Idolatry. For you to win something from this idol. Sorcery. Hostility. Why are you hostile? Because somebody hurts you. Love your enemies. No, I'm not loving my enemies. I'm going to hurt them. Quarreling. Why are you quarreling? Well, because they said something that I don't appreciate and it, 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 it demeans me. Uh, so I'm going to go after him. Jealousy. I don't want anybody else to have you. I want you. For whom? For your purpose? No, my purposes. Outburst of anger. Why am I angry? Why do I have... Well, I'm Irish. No. You're, that's because of the self, whether you're Irish or whatever. Selfish ambition. For whom? Dissension. For whom? Division. Envy. For whom? Drunken, drunkenness. Wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again that they, those things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. This man made in the image of God will never inherit the kingdom of God. Why? He's not like God. God cannot look on imperfection. Why? Why can't he do that? Why can't he allow a little bit of... Because sin is cancer. Do you know what sin does in your body? What does it do? What would it do in eternity if sin was allowed to exist and to spoil and to decay everything? What would it do? It's a threat to God. It's a threat to God. It's a threat to his domain. He will not allow that. He's not going to allow that. That has to be done with. It has to be finished. It has to be completed. And so this man of self is not doing the will of the Father. He's doing my will, and I desire my will. And so he's locked in what? Slavery. It says you're a slave. You're a slave. Slave to what? To the devil's work. To the evil's work. To man's selfish will. And so really... Man, initial beginning was meant to please God. But what happened to him is that he chose himself. And here's my shaky hand. But along came, along came Jesus. And God said, we need to do something because I love them. I love them. If you know the nature of God... What's the nature of God? What's the glory of God? I just heard this, and Danny and I just heard this, which is wonderful, this week. But what is the glory of God, and what's the nature of God himself? This God of the Old Testament. In, uh, Moses said, show me, show me your glory, God. Show me your glory. By the way, we, it, God is going to give us glory, too. We're going to participate in that glory. What does that mean? We're going to be just be shiny lights and everything because God is shiny. We can't look upon him. The, the, the angels are shiny. We can't look on the angels. We fall down when the angel comes in the presence of, of us. What does all that mean? What does glory mean? God's glory is this. He says, call me Yahweh. Call me the Lord. Now, Moses said, show me your glory. He says, I'm the God of compassion. 
and mercy. That's my glory. I am slow to anger. I am filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations forever. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. This is the glory of God. This is what, what he is wanting for you. Now, agape love is to choose, to choose love. That's, agape love isn't a feeling love. It's a choice. I choose. I choose to, to be what? To show compassion. I choose to love. I choose to love my, my neighbor. I choose to do these things. This sets you free from doing your own life. Now, I want to go to our scripture that uh, we are, uh, basic scripture that we're going to talk about. And when do we have to have the plain land here, Dan? This? Uh, 10.15? Okay, great. Okay, uh, let's go to Colossians 2, because we're going to talk about freedom. Now, this is the perfect man. Uh, Jesus said, be ye perfect, be ye perfect. That's an easy one, isn't it? Be ye perfect as God is perfect. So it, it's, it's a command. Literally, it's a command. It's be ye perfect. How perfect? Well, I don't know. Perfect seems to be 100% right, correct, holy, perfect in every sense, not doing anything. How perfect? That perfect. Let's first go to... Colossians 2, and we're going to read some things. Because, see, Dan was saying earlier uh, about being grumpy and about just the different nature of the human being and how we portray that so much, how we display it, how we image this kind of attitude before the world. And the world says, hey, you're no different than I am. And if you say you're different, they'll, they'll go into your background, your experience. They'll follow you around. I often said since I've been uh, in, in the families of pastors, uh, I always say, let me follow that pastor around. And I'll show you his imperfection. Sooner or later, he will hit <laughs> that nail. Uh, he'll hit his thumb or whatever else. He, there will be places where he, quote, isn't perfect, isn't perfect, but he's supposed to be perfect. And so when anybody gets before you and says, I don't, I don't sin or I haven't sinned for a whole week, well, you know, they're lying because they have. Now, by the way, I'm sorry, I've got a, a side. It's not just what you do that's a sin. The will of God, the will of God is directed, is always going on this earth. By the way, you that are, have the Spirit of God in you, he's always talking to you too. Do you hear him? Do you hear him? Do you know him? These songs help you to express him because you're hearing them through somebody's words and through the music. But do you hear him? If you don't hear him, it's hard, hard to be free. It's very hard to be free. But in this uh, Colossians 2, let's go to 11. When you came to Christ, Cliff, you were circumcised. 
but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision by cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ. That's what we just earlier talked about. And when you were baptized and with him, uh, uh, and with him you were raised to new life. And that's what we talked about. Because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. What did you do? You said, God, you're not a liar. So you raised Christ, who raised Christ. You trusted the power of God. You were dead because of your sin and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. And so you were a slave. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our, your sin. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities that once had control over you. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat, what you drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had a vision about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with his joints, ligaments, and so forth. You have died with Christ, and he sets you free. From the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teaching about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires or way of life. Now, that's a preface to what I really want to say. Okay, is this person going to heaven? Yes, the person is going to heaven. But he's a Teflon person. He's a Teflon because God made him holy. Now, the Bible also talks a lot about you being holy. Talks a lot about, doesn't get you off the hook. Talks a lot about, well, how can I be a holy as Christ? I know what I do. I know that sometimes I don't do what God wants me to do. God's talking to my ear and said, Joe, I want you to give money to that person. Now he's like the 15 other people I've seen today. Well, the cardboard. I'm not giving money. And so he walks by him. You are sinful. Why? You didn't do the will of the Father. See how important it is. Omission and commission. How important it is to know the words of God and the voice of God in your ear. But does, he, does that fountain of blood never stop, stop for you? It continually flows for you, for your body. In this case, we see that the author here, Paul, is talking about the, the tendency of the flesh. What's the tendency of the flesh? Self. Self. You see this in cults. I will show you how holy I am. I will strip my body and I'll crawl on the ground for ten 
miles. Or I will go visit every household in this area. I'll knock on every household and I'll I'll visit them. I will do this or I will do that. I'll show you how holy I am. But see, what is that? That only holds you to the flesh. It only holds you to the flesh. Now, this man is a Teflon, meaning that he's been wholly redeemed, completely redeemed. Now, let's say I have a bad thought. Okay, how much is it going to stick on this man as far as going to heaven? Not at all. I should repent, definitely. Now, if I put a lot of glue on it, such as I have the Irish temper. Let's say I'm not Irish. So, but I put glue, that's my glue. It just, it, you know, reckon the, the, the old man dead. Reckon the old man dead. What's really the old man that you're walking around with? That's not going to live. This body, as you see, I'm not as nearly as pretty as I was 50 years ago. But this body is showing the corruption of age. It is dying. And, and everything in this world is violent and dying too. It's destroying itself. And so, what happens to that flesh? What happens to Jason or Cliff Burge or somebody? And he's experiencing things that he knows isn't right. This flesh is at his feet, this body. Now, he can prop up this body. He can pull up something like my Irish temper and glue it. And somebody says, you shouldn't have had that. You shouldn't have hit your your daughter or your brother or your husband. Well, that's just my Irish temper. I'm gluing this on there. Pretty tough to Teflon, glue it, but we work at it. We work at it. Then, so, so what happens is we start going back and gluing these things on. But now the scripture I'm going to read is going to talk about being free in holiness. Now, are you free? Yeah. By the way, if you really know you're free in the scripture... Not many things hook onto you, to be honest with you. Not many things hook onto you. If you really know what God has done and you hear the voice of God, not many things stick onto you. I'll tell you one reason why. In the midst of my sin, when I'm doing something really bad that I think is really bad, by the way, uh, at Coram, I was sitting there waiting to get a light. Uh, put in a light bulb and a man was in front of me and he backed right into me and um, rather than um, go that way he backed right into me and hit me beep I put a beep on there before I said I said honey he's not stopping I had quite a bit of space in between him but I think he wanted to take a U-turn and go that way he's not stopping well he's an older man uh not as old as I am, so he's not quite senile. But, but anyhow, he was very upset, and he said, you should get in my truck, sir, because you know you can't see anybody, and blah, blah, and my insurance company will take care of that. Well, the insurance company calls about four days later and says, we're denying your claim. He says that you ran into him. So... I don't normally talk on the phone. I got hearing aids and I don't hear people much, even when they talk to me face to face. I've got nerve damage, so their words aren't always very clear for me. 
So, but anyhow, I knew my wife was having trouble, and so I said, and Danny wouldn't know this about his father too much. Uh, he has better memory than I do. I said, give me that phone. So I start talking. Now, all these years that I've been with the Lord, I don't use swear words. Isn't that nice? Beautiful, isn't it? I used to get technicals, though, in, as a basketball coach. <laughs> Didn't use a swear word. <laughs> but, but the ref knew what I was saying. You got a technical, which always hurt my feelings, a good Christian as I am with a technical. But anyhow, I, I went and, uh, give me that phone. I let her talk about two words and then I interrupt her. And she keeps saying, well, I wasn't there. I know you're not there. You weren't there. Of course you weren't there. You know, blah, blah, blah. He said, will you please quit screaming to me? And I went on and on. And I knew perfectly well that what I was doing and that I was violating God's commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. So I knew I was going to hell if God went and interrupted that phone and said, well, this is it, the world ends. Oh, sorry, Cliff. <laughs> You've done a pretty good job, but oh boy, the day. Well, anyhow, so... Uh, I felt really bad. Not about that. Not about the accident or the claim. Or anything. I felt really bad about the way I acted. I thought I was holy. I thought I was better than that. I'm an old man. I lived with Christ for, oh, 60 years. Man, after 60 years, you've got to erase some of that stuff, you know, normally. Well, anyhow, I felt really bad. What a miserable person am I. What a miserable person am I. But you know what Jesus says in the midst of your, your sin, and some of you repeat sins over and over, and I'm sorry for that. You're caught. You're caught in things that you just, wherever they came from, they hooked in on you, and you find some pleasure in them. And when you have certain feelings about life, you go back to those things, and I'm very sorry. But I want to tell you what God always tells me. And I'm so glad for that. He says, son, right here. See, I believe God talks. I don't believe you just pick up the word and then that's the only voice of God. I believe the Holy Spirit is resident in us. I believe when Paul said, he, the Holy Spirit prevented me from going there. I don't believe that somebody got up there or the, and the, said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Somebody might have said that, but he knew the Holy Spirit was talking to that person. I believe that. And when I hear that, you know what it does? It breaks me. That's why when I sing these songs this morning, I don't want to cry too much, but I can cry my head off. And I was crying up in front here. When I sing these songs, I know who God is and who I am not. I know I've been rescued, even though I don't deserve to be rescued. I know he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And I know who I am. And I understand, why do you love me? See, that is important to know God's love. To walk through that door, and this is the kingdom of God, because that was the door where you accepted Christ Jesus You are now sitting here 
children of the living God. Regardless, you're children of the living God. Should you repent? How many times have I repented in my 60 years? How many times? Forgive me, God. I'm not like you. Be my help. Be my strength. Encourage me. Son, daughter, he says this to you. I've chosen you. I hear those words. I've chosen you. I have a rough time with my theology in that, but I'm willing to agree with him. You chose me. Thank you, God, for choosing me. I didn't choose you. You chose me. He says another thing which I depend on. I put my words in your mouth. I put my words in your mouth. Will you commit yourself? Will you commit yourself to that? Will you know that God is alive so that you can walk in freedom? Once you know that, by the way, sin doesn't grab hold of you so much because you let that flesh, old body, reckon it dead. Oh, yeah, you may be mad today, sir, but that's not who Christ is. I will forgive you. I will give you the agape love. I will choose not to get mad. I will choose not to be angry. I will choose to take second best. I will choose not to be in the front. It said what Jesus talks about the, the Pharisees. Jesus talks about the Pharisees. And one of the things he said about them, because they were all for themselves. He says, you love to go through the market and people greet you. Oh, you're so holy. They wore robes to make sure that you knew they were holy. You're so holy. Oh, I respect you. Your words are so great. They love to go into, like today, to uh, uh, your feast afterwards. And they love to take where Randy will be, right in front seat so everybody sees him and knows <laughs> that he's there. They loved that. They enjoyed that. They loved to be in the high. They loved what? Self. Not God. Self. They were tuned in for, for whom? For self. And when you start allowing yourself to take control, and it's so easy to do, then you allow self to grow. And when you allow and excuse your sins, you allow it to be tacked on you. We're going to read here about clothing pretty soon. And so, let's say I'm a really carnal Christian. I'm a real carnal Christian. What did Paul say about a real carnal Christian? He said, Corinthian church, in your church, we have something that's going on openly. It's not very great. That we have an incest. That we have a young man uh, having intercourse with his mother. And we have this kind of thing, and it's openly known. What did Paul say? Did he say, send him to hell? Pray that he will go to hell immediately. No. He says, 
pray that he dies so that he will go to heaven, that this sin won't be on him, that it will not bear the fruit. What kind of fruit? Of division from God. Of turning your back on God. Said, well, it doesn't work in my life. It doesn't work in my life. I'm going to cut you off, God, and you are gone from my existence. Hebrews 6 says this. That you can crucify Christ again to your own life. I'm going to crucify you again. What does that mean? I'm going to take you and blot you out of my life, God. And then it says, what conversion do you have? What door is there open for you? None. Because the only door to heaven comes through Christ Jesus. There is no other door and he says, make him pray that he goes to heaven. Why? So he won't reach that place where he says, I don't, this Christ thing isn't important and I don't like all this stuff that's going against me, criticism. I'm just taking you out. But love, love, the same love, the same glory that Paul wanted to see. Let's go to to. Living the new life. Since you have been raised, this is Colossians 3. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. How many of you pray uh, unceasingly, or unceasingly, constantly, I should say? Yeah. You do, don't you? Yeah. Anytime you get in the car, anytime you get away, you're always praying, praising God, thinking about God. I'm always asking him questions. Because your heart is set there. You know, he's your redeemer. He's your lover. And now some of you guys that are working, you have other things you've got to think about really a lot. And if you're in a relationship to, uh, you know, with others, of course you're going to uh, accentuate that and, and really think on that. But any time you have any sort of free time, your mind should go to God. should go to God. If it's not going to God, you need to question it and get closer to him. You need to believe the word. You believe to know that you are a son and a daughter or a daughter. But you should be praying because it's in this scripture, it says what? You set your mind where? Not here. But things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden. Christ in God, with Christ in God. And you are in Christ, aren't you? And therefore you're in God, and therefore you're acceptable. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. You will come out of that, and they will see that you are his. So put to death. The sinful, earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. And what does that mean? This used to be your total outlook. You. What you want. What you wanted for yourself. And these things, now not all of you did it, uh, uh, all these things or any of them, 
but your outlook was against God. You used to do those things, and so you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to what? To get rid of anything such as anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator, as you learn to know him. Now, this man is going to go to heaven. He has a Teflon. But you can put those sins in your life and let them be. And without repentance, but glory in them and say, this is who I am. And this is what I want to be. See, that's the old man. That's the old nature. The old man says he doesn't even know he sinned. It says the law came to show him sin. What he was doing, he didn't know it was even sin. So the law taught us sin. You say, what? Yeah. The law took a picture of him and said, you aren't like this picture, which is the law. Therefore, you are unacceptable to God. You are not free. You are not free. You are under those obligations. You're not free. So it says in here, don't lie to each other. So put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, which you have, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Otherwise, this picture isn't very good, but you will all look like this picture no matter where you came from. You will end up looking like this. You will all look like this. You will all have this kind of feature which is Christ's feature. So, since God shows you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself. Now, here we are. This is the holiness part. Now, you are holy and righteous only because of Christ. In the sense of being perfect. Okay? You are only perfect because Christ is perfect. And he's your substitute and your covering. And it says over and over. I always capitalize this whenever I write my my uh, worships uh, breakfast with dad, I put in Christ. Where are you? In Christ. Who are you? In Christ. I am in Christ, literally. And it, the mystery is, I am in Christ, but also Christ is in me through the Holy Spirit who walks with me, talks with me, and when I die... This body will eventually decay and turn and be prone. When I die, the Holy Spirit says, Cliff, I'm going to be with the Father. You're going with me. And so you go to the Father. Why? Because there's life inside you. Whose life? Not you. Now, because of that life inside you, Paul tells you, don't be serving the life that you thought you needed to serve in order to live, which was based on self and worldly perspective. Don't be serving that. 
Don't serve that. You have, he says, you don't even have any responsibility to serve that anymore. So don't set your mind on serving that because that isn't life. Life comes through Christ and is hooked up with the Father God and will forever live with him, known as sons and daughters. Now, if you believe that, you're going to be free. If you don't believe that, you will be always entangled with religion. Don't touch this. Don't look at that. Don't be that. And it binds you like a slave. It binds you. It holds you because you are still trying to get to God through your efforts. And you will not get to God through your efforts. You will get your, uh, to God through Jesus Christ. You, through Jesus Christ, you are righteous. Through him, you're perfect. Now, but, here I am, Cliff Burge. I'm a liar. I have a temper, and I will not release it for nobody. My wife deserves my temper most of the time. And I sure want everybody to look at me better than I really am. So I'll exploit that by exaggerating a little bit. I have sexual thoughts. And they're not, they're not where they should be. They're outside of a marriage. That's not any good. I'm hooked in with trying to inspire this body through alcohol or drugs. I know that's not too hot either. I don't like any of those. But there I am. Well, now you put your will to work. You put your will to work. What do you do now to get rid of that stuff? What gradually makes that stuff grow strangely dim? The Bible says it grows strangely dim. There's some things when I was young I thought was very, very important to kind of hang on. I wanted this. I wanted that. Mostly in, in uh, somebody praising me, somebody thinking that I'm, I'm good, I'm better, I'm this or that. Athletics, athletes get in that oh, trouble themselves and other things. But no, that was where I, uh, where I was. Well, those are fleshly things. And now how are you going to get rid of those? Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself. Now, here's you're going to dress yourself. This is the part of holiness. Clothe yourself with what God is. Remember I told you in Moses what God was like? Okay, you're going to clothe yourself with that. Be with tender-hearted mercy. You're going to give mercy. Now, if that's not painful, you're not doing God's work. I tell the men all the time that we meet on Saturday. If it's not painful, you're not doing God's work. Why? Because the flesh does not want to do that. You don't deserve mercy. God says, Cliff, you give her mercy. But she doesn't deserve mercy. You give her mercy. If it breaks your little heart, you give her mercy. And it usually is painful. It usually is painful. A lot of you guys are working for this church and you're trying to do good things it's painful sometimes to give up your own time it's painful to be generous when you say I need that dollar for this it's painful to care for people when you say who's going to care for me it's painful when you're hurting and you're struggling to give your life for others it's painful 
But it says what? Clothe yourself. You start clothing yourself with that, and we're going to go to the other. What happens to this self-willed thing? It starts to drop off, just like cancer being treated with drugs. It starts to drop off. It starts to go back here with this world and at your feet. You'll never leave. This biological body will always be there. But you just reckon his influence is dead. So, you want freedom? You must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. You must choose agape love, which is God's love. You must choose to be kind. Older people, you can step and tromp on their toes, and they won't care. Because they've been in Christ so long, they'll forgive you, and you won't even hear an ouch from them. That's not necessarily true, is it? It should be. Cliff Burge, I told you I've been... Saved a long, long time. Way longer than I should even live. But I, I've been saved all that year. Who should be the, with the most mercy and the kindest person in here? Me. Who should be the one who's give the most? It should be me. See, As you mature, young Christians still swear some of them. I have a brother who's just really given his life to the Lord. He's an older man. But um, he has a rough time because he wants to swear all the time with me. He doesn't want to, but he, that's, his, uh, that's the way his um, syntax is. And he just, you know, and so I know he's trying so hard not to swear because Cliff is there. And, but, you know... That, that's, that has nothing to do with his relationship with God. Nothing to do. Now, he's, going, he's trying hard because he doesn't want that to be in his life. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Oh, boy, we're going to land here. Okay, remember the Lord forgave you so much. Forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For a member of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your life. His message. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom. Help each other. And this is what you do so well here. Sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to it. Now, how many of you... Feel completely free today of your sins and the troubles and all the things that you've been so worried about in your Christian life. I'm sure there are a number of you that feel this way. First of all, you want to know the word. You desire, you need to know. You are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and holy. But secondly, you need someone to pray for you and say, help me be clothed with these things. So this old man will disappear. I've been gluing sexual impurity up here. I've been gluing lack of kindness. I've been gluing onto my life argumentative spirits. I've been gluing my self-will here. And I know God wants it to be dead and it be here. And if you are in that position, I want you to know that God is here for you. If I ask you to close your eyes for a second, if, not if, 
Would you hear the Spirit of God? If you close your eyes, do you hear the Spirit of God? I want to say something He's saying to you right now. If you close your eyes, this is what He's going to say. Daughter, I know you've been struggling. I know who you are. I know every step that you take. There's nothing hidden from me. But you're mine. You're mine. I paid the price for you. Son, I've chosen you to be mine. I've chosen you to live my life out to the world. Can you hear that, Spirit? Because that's what he's saying. He's not a liar. You who have found him in Christ Jesus, he is there. And unless you hear that word, you will always struggle with whether I'm right in the kingdom of God or not. Whether God is pleased with me or not. It says he never will abandon you, but I want to use it another way. Jesus says, I'm always with you. Always with you. You're never alone.